Also, Kyle, I like Klefki. Take that, Kyle. <laughs> yep, he's dead. Way to go, Ann Carson. You accomplished what I've been able to do for three years. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. The hype for Go Tour Johto is really reaching its apex. This preparatory event can only be described as one thing. Baller. Competitive GBL is taking a vacation next season. The first Safari Zone for 2022 is in Spain. And yes, that's spelled with all the letters. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 179. It's February 19th, yet another, and I didn't think I was going to say that, Saturday evening. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm alive. Yeah? I'm alive. A little tired? A little I'm sleepy? I'm a little bit tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're grabbing Kyle right after he finished working just for a timestamp. It is just about 9.30 p.m. Central <laughs> time here for us uh, while we're recording this. We had all the plans in the world to record earlier in the week, but the week had other plans for us. Or rather, had other plans for me. And Kyle acquiesced because he's a team player. <laughs> But enough bemoaning uh, the the rises and falls of fate and how it affects our scheduling. Shout out to two patrons of ours before we get into the episode, Andrew and Jameson. Thank you so very, very much for your patronage. We appreciate you and I hope that you enjoy the Discord. More about Patreon and patrons at the end of the show. All right, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week and they were kind of easy goals because we were we were convinced we were going to record again in the next three days. That didn't happen. We gave ourselves a full-fledged week. Who would have imagined? My goodness. So, oh, boy. It's going to make it all the worse. All the worse if you didn't finish them? Let's yeah. see. Did you finish the level 43 challenge? No. Oh, my gosh. Kyle, you were pretty that, close, weren't you? I, yeah. That was just a matter of doing it, and uh, I just didn't do it after just work forgot. every day. Gotcha. No problem. What about 100,000 experience? Yeah, I got that. Okay. And did you hatch 20 eggs this week? Yes, I did. Awesome. 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 For myself, I wanted to hatch 20 eggs. I did that. 200,000 stardust. Yep. And I got one shiny. It was a Bulbasaur. Yahoo. (laughs) So three out of three for me and two out of three for Mr. Kyle, but only due to a minor case of negligence. I suppose I could, I could could do it right now. It would only take me probably halfway through the news. Would that count? It does. No, it doesn't, doesn't count. Otherwise I would have, I would have reminded you earlier before we got started, but (laughs) I figured that would have been the tiebreaker. So I kept it to myself as a strategic (laughs) benefit. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So enough about all that. We've got a bunch of news. Actually, this show is going to be mostly news uh, today. So buckle up. Here we go. Yo, what's up? It's the news. Okay, so we've got quite a bit of news, like I said, to cover. Kyle and I are excited about several of these topics, but there are some regular run-of-the-mill news articles in here as well. That's one of the first ones uh, that save the dates. Next season's Community Day events. Trainers, now that we've wrapped up the final Community Day in the season of Heritage, we'd like to share the Community Day dates for the next season. That's Sunday, March 13th, Saturday, April 23rd, and Saturday, May 21st. They're doing two Saturdays in a row. 
Now, Kyle, do we have any speculation whatsoever about what these Community Day Pokemon could be? Well, I think it's really interesting that we have more announced again. It's great that they're telling it in advance. I actually got to take that Sunday off. But we're hoping to see return to form, right? Yes. We're doing a starter this time around. My March, yeah. Is yeah. so foggy for what our last two were, right? Sfeel and the Hoppet, Hop right? Those are the last two. Yes, yeah, sir. So it, I would like to see a starter in March, wh- whichever one that would be. Would- Me too. And that'd be cool because that would also mean that May would also be a starter and that'd be kind of thrilling. And then I don't even know where to begin speculation wise for April 23rd. This Hoppet community, they really took the wind out of my speculative sales so to speak. <laughs> I'm a little upset about that. And Sfeel, too. I couldn't believe it. Although Kyle have had that one down dead to rights for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we're hoping for starters, but who knows? Niantic has been breaking patterns left and right, um, a.k.a. the rules as far as the community is concerned. <laughs> but that's it for that first piece of news. The second one is probably the biggest piece of news, one that's so big, we actually took a section of it and put it into another segment to talk about later. That is, of course, Apex Shadow Lugia and Apex Shadow Ho-Oh revealed. Include some Johto Tour overview details as well. So first things first, Pokemon Go Tour Johto ticket exclusive masterwork research encounters. Ticket holders who complete Pokemon Go Tour Johto's special research will unlock a new masterwork research line, which is designed to be completed over a long period of time, much like the previous masterwork research was as well. By progressing through this masterwork research, trainers can encounter these legendary shadow Pokemon, Apex Shadow Ho-Oh and Apex Shadow Lugia, give off an aura that has never been before seen. Moreover, when purified, that aura seems to change. Note, ticket holders will be able to obtain both Apex Shadow Lugia and Apex Shadow Ho-Oh, regardless of which version they select for Pokemon Go Tour Johto. Which, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they could have probably made that into a ticketed rocket event in a couple of months from now or something like that. But they chose not to. And I think that's pretty cool um, and probably a good move optics wise. We're going to share a breakdown of Apex Lugia and Apex ho in the gear up section. So we're going to save all of that conversation for there. Don't want to steal any of that thunder. Suffice to say, Kyle and I have thoughts. <laughs> Many. Yeah, yeah. There, there's but, some stuff. Absolutely. Uh, but in this article as well was a nice Johto detail summary. And I was like, oh, we don't need to cover it. But the more I read, the more I realized that this is the most organized this information has been and the most clear it has been. So we're going to run through it very quickly since the event is looming <laughs> on the horizon. So there's been a lot of shared information about Pokemon Go Tour Johto over the last couple of months. So here's a summary of everything trainers can look forward to during the event. First up, different versions. Pokemon Go Tour Johto takes place on February 26th and will feature two different versions of the ticketed experience, gold and silver version. Each version will have its own exclusive Pokemon, increased chances of certain Pokemon encounters, and a chance to encounter a certain shiny Pokemon for the first time in Pokemon Go. The differences between the versions are outlined below, which we'll get to. Once you pick your version, you can't change your choice, so choose wisely. For gold version, attracted to incense, you'll see increased Spinarak, Gligar, Teddy Ursa, and Mantine. Increased shiny chance specifically for 
the starters through all three of them. Spinarak, Iglybuff, Natu, Hopip, Sunkern, Mischievous, Wobbuffet, Gligar, Shuckle, Teddy Urso, Swinub, Mantine, and Ho-Oh. Quick little shout out to that since lots of shinies have been released, the quote unquote version, the exclusive, the Pokemon is Mantine for gold version. For silver, attracted to the incense includes Lediba, Delibird, Skarmory, and Famphy. Sorry, I meant Fampy. Excuse me. Increased <laughs> shiny chance for the starters Lediba, Cleffa, Sudowodo, Hopip, Yanma, Pineco, Delibird, Skarmory, Houndor, Fampy, Miltank, Larvitar, and Lugia. Fampy is the Mantine of Silver version. So that's the that's the exclusive, so to speak, one that you can get. Either ticketed version, all Johto Pokemon will be available. So this is if you have a ticket, but this is for both. All Pokemon originally discovered in the Johto region will be appearing as shiny Pokemon. Shiny Pokemon appearing for the first time in Pokemon Go include Girafferig, Corsola, Remoraid, Mantine, only in gold version, as mentioned, Fampy, only in silver version, and Tyroke. This includes the featured unknown G-J-O-R-T-N-U, which will be attracted to incense. I believe that is Gotor. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just Gotor. Just Gotor. What about the J? And then Johto. But like the J is just for Johto. They but didn't there's want no to put H. The, H. the disrespect. Oh, weird. The weird. Disrespect. Weird. I don't know, man. It's more like Gojort, you. <laughs> Event exclusive uh, special research will award encounters with shiny Gyarados and a Celebi that knows the grass fast attack magical leaf, which is new. Uh, the shiny Gyarados, while it's not a Johto Pokemon, if you didn't play gold and silver is a reference to that game. There is a guaranteed shiny Gyarados encounter in that game. It's awesome. Avatar item rewards, Ho-Oh wings, a Lugia mask and Ho-Oh and Lugia t-shirts, depending on the version Kyle, have you seen the ho wings or the Lugia mask? I have not. Wait, I think I've seen the Lugia mask. Okay. It's, it's okay. I'm really excited for the ho wings. I think they look really cool. It's very, it's very Korean MMO of them. Oh. I think, I think I've seen wings as like an item for getting something for a lot of MMOs and online games I've played in the past like five years. It's something. It's something, all right. I love them. I think they look good. You don't like them? They're okay. They look a little gaudy. What, what's going on in the head of yours? You, I, tell us. Share with the class. I think that it looks okay, but it will suffer from the problem of limited clothing slots, which means oh. that you you have to wear it, and you have to have a t shirt, and then like it's just going to be kind of sitting on your back. I don't know. It's I think it's a backpack item, so yeah. it won't clip with a backpack, which is nice. But I don't know. It's just I don't know. It feels like we don't have enough slots of stuff for this kind of customization, and we need more more slots. Well, if this is the change that pushes them to do that, all the better. There will also be collection challenges. Yahoo, you know how we feel about those being particular. Love them. Event bonuses. Various Pokemon will be attracted to incense. A free bundle containing three remote raid passes will be available in the shop. Eggs will require one quarter of their hatch distance. You'll get up to nine free raid passes by spinning photo discs or gyms. You'll earn twice the candy for hatching eggs. You'll earn extra candy when catching featured Pokemon originally discovered in Johto. You'll get an exclusive in-game medal to commemorate the event. Take a snapshot for a surprise and you'll be able to get special stickers by spinning Pokestops and purchasing them in the in-game shop. Boy, that's so much information. Again, like always, we'll have this linked in our show notes if you'd like to go review and not listen to me just 
run through all the details vocally again. And that leaves just a very small little section of this, which is the non-ticketed features. Some Pokemon originally discovered in Johto will be appearing in the wild, appearing in raids, and hatching from 7-kilometer eggs. Raids will include Entei, Suicune, Raikou, Lugia, and Ho-Oh. Lugia caught during the event will know the special attack Aeroblast, Caw Caw, while Ho-Oh caught during the event will know the new special attack Sacred Fire, which for the uninitiated is Ho-Oh's signature move that it has not received until now, despite Lugia having Aeroblast for almost over a year. Heracross and Corsola, which both usually appear only in certain regions in the world, will be appearing in raids worldwide. This is pretty similar to what happened during the Kanto event, regionals and raids. That's great. Pichu, Cleffa, Iglybuff, Togepi, Tyrogue, Smoochum, Elekid, and Magby will be hatching from 2-kilometer eggs. You'll be able to complete up to 6 special trades during the event. 5 rotating habitats will feature different Pokemon. You'll be able to listen to special background music composed by Pokemon music producer Junichi Masuda. You'll be able to complete time to research related to trainer battles, and Eevees will not have a walking requirement to evolve Espeon or Umbreon until 11 p.m. local time. Now, that's a whole lot. Kyle, did you hear anything new? Anything that you're excited about? Now, obviously, Apex is new. Yeah. And we'll talk about that separately. But as far as all of this, the event exclusives, the version exclusive, things, things like that, any new highlights? There's the letter J from unknown <laughs> it it's the only one of these that i don't have so yeah. that'll put me i think four away from having all of the unknown which will be nice wow. finally without having to trade for any of them and then the list of all of the version spawns and i'm like oh which one am i picking because i still have not picked for my ticket i have not picked either i was hoping that kyle and you and i might do something special and choose between the two of us right now all right so i i have a slight conundrum i am missing more shinies from the silver version exclusives with the boosted shiny chance than i am from the gold version one but the gold one has shinies that i like more that i'm missing like i don't have spinnerack or gligar which i like a lot yeah yeah but i'm missing like 80% of the shinies that are listed for the silver version. And I'm just like, uh, how, how, what are you feeling? I really want to do silver version. You want to do silver <laughs> version? I love Lugia so much. And silver version is the version that I picked from that generation when I played the main oh, series games. That was so me I too. played first. I did play both. Uh, I think we both did. Uh, but like my heart is definitely pulling me in the Lugia direction. Although that spinner rack, rather tempting. I'm, I'm so tempted by the spinner rack by itself, but I have almost all of the rest of the other ones. I have Natu, Hopip, Sunkern, Mischievous, Wobbuffet, Shuckle, and then Teddy Ursa, Swablu. Swine. Or Swinub. <laughs> I just. Uh, we'll see. I don't, what do you I don't mean know. we'll see? I don't know. I can't commit. I, I can't commit. I'll make it easy for you. I'm going to do silver version right now. Okay, well, that doesn't. There's no necess, There's nothing necessitating, necessitating that I pick gold version. So, I don't know, man. I don't think that's true. Uh, no, I just chose silver version. <laughs> so, that, but there's nothing that we don't. 
we there they didn't say that there was anything that required trading specifically did they well uh shiny exclusives kind of they're just ex- increased chances so like gold version if i had a buddy that was doing gold version i'd be like okay get at least two mantines and then for me my task would be to get two fampies uh, and the rest of this is kind of like whatever because hopip okay yanma whatever delibird sure you know uh, yeah, pineco kind of. sure no yeah, a lot of these are... we both have more pineco than we know what to do with skarmory as well i've got like four of those things i don't know what to do <laughs> you know so i don't know um i'm pick silver if, if you would like to defer your choice to later we can do that um i'm going to i will say i mentioned this the first time around we talked about the spawns the fact that gold version is missing the lavatar is kind of ridiculous a little bit they don't there's nothing the comparison of lavatar is what mantine i guess uh no because uh, i mean community yeah probably probably it's just they're not equivalent and even to this point seeing a lavatar is more exciting and obviously this is not um this is not their chance to spawn it's the chance to be increased shiny but the point still stands yeah yeah Okay, well, I guess uh, we're going to record again prior to this uh, event happening. Hopefully. <laughs> so, <laughs> if life is kind. Uh, so, by then, you should you should try to make your decision by then. Seem fair? I will try. Okay. All right. Well, um, I just locked in silver, so I can't change it. The Luya medal is really nice, by the way. Yeah. Um, that said, <laughs> I, I, I'll be caught dead hatching eggs during this event. Under no circumstances. All right. Well, you can catch me dead hatching eggs during that event. I for will. Sure. I will watch him put nine 2K incubator, 2K eggs in super incubators. Yeah. And then take as, Snapchats and put funny uh, clown faces on me with filters and stuff. That'd be as cool. As I'm like foaming in the mouth, <laughs> writhing in my chair in the car <laughs> as we're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, more on Gotor Johto uh, this week when we record, which you might not hear until after the event. And obviously, after the event as well, we'll talk about it a whole lot. We might even do a recap episode. We'll see. Next piece of news here is Gotor Pokeball Prep Rally Event. Trainers, are you ready for Pokemon Gotor Johto? To help trainers all over the world get ready and to make sure everybody has more than enough Pokeballs to catch all their favorite Pokemon originally discovered in the Johto region, we're happy to announce the GoTour Pokeball Prep Rally event. But that's not all. Several ball-like Pokemon will be appearing, and this event will also mark Hisuian Electrode's Pokemon Go debut. And we all say it together, oh, there it is. <laughs> Make sure to catch Hisuian Voltorb and get ready for this glimpse into the Hisui region of the Pokemon Legends Arceus game on Nintendo Switch. And of course... No Pokeball celebration will be complete without Ball Guy. And you'll be able to dress up as the mysterious mascot of the Galar Pokemon League with a new Ball Guy costume avatar item. So when is this happening? It's already started and it's going to be running through this upcoming Friday, February 25th at 8 p.m. local time. Masui and Electrode was added to the game. They flipped that switch. Yes, they did. Wow. New avatar item, ball guy costume. It is the full getup. The helmet is not separate as like a hat item. So you have to wear it as a suit. So just be aware. While it is worth it, it might not be what you're looking for, depending. Time to research some Pokeballs. I would have said it was a lot, 
But Kyle and I did the math prior. Turns out <laughs> not a whole lot. So bad. Remind me if I'm correct on our counts here, Kyle. Okay. Total for four steps, four full pages of research, 38 Pokeballs, 26 yeah. Great Balls. Yeah. And 11 Ultra Balls. Yeah. Not no. very many in the research. Now, granted, they are very, very easy steps. So there's that. But yeah, when I and of course, there are field research tasks to yep. give Pokeballs, but that doesn't count because you basically have to spend Pokeballs to get half of them anyways. Yeah, one of them was make an excellent throw and you got five Ultra Balls or 10 or something like that. And, you know, you end up throwing a lot out during that or something like that. So, yeah, you know, like, and like catch two Voltorb, your reward is three Pokeballs. Who did the math? Why am I catching two Voltorb to go positive one Pokeball when I could go spin two Pokestops instead? Hey, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> look, look all, all I'm saying is when this was announced, we found mm-hmm. out about this. I was expecting to be showered in Pokeballs, especially because I'm actually lacking real badly after the community day and I haven't had time after work to go stock up. There's other avenues of acquiring Pokeballs. We talked about one of them, but just one second. Wild encounters for this event include Voltorb, Hisuian Voltorb, Coughing, Merrill, Whalmer, Solosis, Fungus, Jigglypuff, Electrode, Amoongus, and Galarian Stunfisk. Kyle, <sighs> Galarian Stunfisk, I'm sorry. <laughs> but bonuses, buddies will bring you Pokeballs and gifts. I have not received one of these yet, but last time when they did it, it was like 10, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of um, surprised at, I haven't seen one yet. But And the field research task rewards are all ball themed. There, there's a whole suite of them right now. Yeah, some of them though. are worth it, and some of them are questionable. Uh, for how many balls it'll take for you to get it. But if you are pretty good at landing great and excellent balls on your first or second try, you will come out net positive from these for sure. Barely though. Yeah. Barely. Just barely. So I don't know. I think, you know, they're, they're saying, Hey, go get these research tasks. But in order to do that, you have to spin the stop too. So yeah. I'm sure they did some play testing and we're like, Oh yeah. Overall, I walk away with a lot more, you know, but, but like, if you look at it this way, you're not going to complete every field research task unless no. you're a hardcore player. You're, but you're more likely to spin a stop every time you go near it. So a task that gives three Pokeballs is it's almost insulting unless it was <laughs> something you're going to do anyways. And well, yes, you were going to catch the Voltorbs if you wanted to. I, I just like, couldn't it be catch two Pokemon? I get the ball theme, but it should yeah. have given more. Yeah, it should have been five. It, it, they, the balls should have been in fives and tens or tens and like 20s, in my it, opinion. It doesn't feel like a stock up event, like they're kind of trying to say at the start. So it feels more like a ball celebration event. Exactly. It feels more like a Pokeball event, which is fine. That could totally be a, a workable thing. Mm-hmm. Just not the way it's being presented. For sure. And I think, again, if you do all of the things that are available to you, you come out net. But Again, a lot of people that we know just do their research and do what they have to do in order to finish the research. And you're walking away with like 15 assorted Pokeballs. <laughs> Plus, that's about it. Anyway, second to last piece of news here. We won't talk about it too much. Go Battle League regarding the next season. Trainers, as we head into the final week of Go Battle League Season 10, we wanted to let you know that the next season of Go Battle League will be a change of pace from our usual seasons. 
We'll be pausing ratings during this new season to allow our development team to focus on Go Battle League adjustments without disrupting competitive play. What this means, Go Battle League Season 10 will be extended until March 1st, 2022 at 1 p.m. PST, rather than the previously announced end date of February 28th, 2022. The next season will begin immediately on March 1st at 1 p.m. PST and run concurrently with the next in-game season until June 1st, 2022 at 1 p.m. PDT. Go Battle League seasons will run concurrently with in-game seasons moving forward. For the next season, rankings will cap at ranked 20 and there will be no visible ratings. Cups will rotate weekly and will feature reruns of former special cups. The season will be used as an opportunity to test some possible new formats for Go Battle Days and the reward structures. Attack changes or attack availability updates, as typically seen in the beginning of most Go Battle League seasons, will not be made in order to maintain stability for Pokemon Battles as the World Championship Series circuit begins. Rankings for Season 10 will be used to determine early registration eligibility for the Pokemon Go World Championship Series. Please stay tuned for additional details on the upcoming season. We appreciate your understanding as we continue to work on creating a better Go Battle League experience for everyone. Two things. First, Fish and DeFi E will talk about this next week. This came out after they recorded their segment this week. Uh, so they'll talk about it and, and what this kind of means with a much more nuanced and qualified opinion next week. That's what we're about to do right here. Secondly, the TLDR of this, for those of you that are really casual battlers or didn't even know that there was rankings past, you know, rank 20 or ratings rather past rank 20. The TLDR of this is that next season, almost nothing will change. There will just not be any ranks above 20. There will be no ratings and they won't be updating any moves for an entire season. That's it. That's pretty much it. The rest of it is going to kind of stay the same. You know, you'll still be able to play. You'll still be able to do some sets. You'll earn Stardust. There'll be reward encounters, from my understanding. Everything will kind of be the same. They just won't be making any broad changes for like the next three months as they take the game and look at it and try to fix it. Did I get that correct, Kyle, or am I missing something big? I mean, yeah, that's my understanding of it. Okay. What do you think? How do you feel about this strategy, the way that it was communicated and everything like that? Kind of conflicted. And so first things first, <clears throat> announcing deliberately that we're pausing some stuff so we can work on fixing things. That's great. Fantastic. Positive. If, and this is a big, big if, anything actually changes. And I know where I'm giving Niantic the benefit of the doubt because it's a long time, but given the state of Go Battle League and how much the smallest thing seems to break everything, I'm skeptical about what it will look like come June 1st, even though I don't even know all of the bugs and issues in Go Battle League. But it's that that part is where I'm skeptical over. That said, it's, it affects such a small portion of the community, the the no visible ratings that it's it's okay like it's it's not that big a deal we forgive you do what you gotta do (laughs) yeah now i don't i don't know because i don't remember the details how this affects qualifications for the world championship stuff and stuff in that regard because they were using rankings to determine some of that they had already said that the rank the stuff for season 10 the rankings and stuff were going to be used for early eligibility 
but I'm assuming that they will have some other way to determine eligibility outside of that. That's mm-hmm. the sort of thing that I would defer deficient DeFi on because we, we just don't keep up in that space like they do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious if that would have any negative bearing at all, or if they're just, it's a snapshot. We should send them an email. <laughs> <laughs> Can I send it on discord? I don't use my email. No, no, we much. should send them. We should go out of our way to send them just an email. But like, Hey, from the other half of the show in the past, uh, we don't know what the answer to this is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but other than that, March to June is a long time too. For how long GBL's been around? A whole, you know, three months mm-hmm. without technically having the competitive aspect there. It's a lot, so I can understand why someone would be upset if that's what they cared about. Yeah, but at the same time, like I'm pretty thrilled that it's largely going to be just up in its current form available for people to play. When new Pokemon come out with new moves, like for community days and things like that, they'll still be able to be plugged into that, no problem. You know, just yeah. no balancing changes for three months as they try to fix it. I think that's good. It would have been a lot worse if they just took the entire feature offline and they're like, enjoy battling with your team leaders for three months or something. Yeah, like I mean, that. they, like, they obviously they awful. wouldn't be able to get away with that. Right, but. right. But I think they need to say something to even if it is just a small slice of their player base who does take it competitively, because unless you have been living under a rock, it's pretty obvious that they're posturing for GBL to be esport ready. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be putting all of this effort into it, you know, and trying to keep it online while trying to fix and all this sort of stuff. For them to take it offline at all and lose even that, you know, 2% of player base that are doing any of the hardcore PvP is still a big risk, even if it's not down. Because that communicates to those players, oh, I have to do something else for three months. And a lot of those content creators, once they've moved on to something else, they might not come back, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's not without risk agreed it it's a very surprising thing that's for sure i will yeah. i will say that Definitely. if you had asked me like three months ago and said hey do you think niantic would do this i would have been like no what no 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 absolutely not no i would have said the same thing about apex shadow though too so here we yeah, are well that's well we get there that's we're that's almost a- there we're <laughs> almost there and in the spirit and interest of getting there Last piece of news. Pokemon Go Safari Zone is coming to Seville, Spain. Trainers were announced to it. Trainers were excited to announce the location of 2022's first Pokemon Go Safari Zone, Seville, Spain. From May 13th to May 15th, 2022, we are transforming Seville's Park de Alamillo into a Pokemon Go paradise. Get ready to discover a plethora of Pokemon in the wild and complete exclusive special research available only to trainers who participate in the event. Explore the stunning city of Seville and meet both local and international trainers alike. We can't wait for you to join us. Tickets will be available soon. Stay tuned for more information. Well, have fun if you're going. I believe that this is too soon for Kyle and I to get passports, so we will not be going. Uh, Be safe and enjoy. No details yet, but we'll talk about the event when more details are released, of course. We'll say only announcing one Safari Zone at a time. That's both good and bad because it gives flexibility, but also very short notice for, for some people, depending definitely, on what they're doing. Definitely is. I think uh, this late in the game, putting together travel expenses is going to be difficult, especially for out of country, you know, so. Yep. Mm. 
Anyway, that's the news. I promised and I felt I, I followed through with a lot of news. <laughs> Kyle, thanks for putting up with all that. I'm very excited to toss you the microphone here uh, to talk a little bit and, and a lot about Apex Shadow Pokemon. So as Chris said, we're going to talk about Apex Shadow Pokemon, specifically Ho-Oh and Lugia. But first... A quick rundown of what shadow Pokemon are for some people who might not actually know what the big deal is. I'm sure everybody listening has probably fought a balloon, captured a shadow Pokemon. But what are they? Well, the official definition is shadow Pokemon are abandoned Pokemon of Team Go Rocket that you catch after you defeat them in battle. Uh, Shadow Pokemon cost more candy and stardust to power up and unlock a second charge move. And this is the big one. This is the one that is the only thing that really matters. Shadow Pokemon deal more damage, but they take more damage at the same time. The exact numbers is 20%. So they they take 20% more damage. They deal 20% more damage. It's technically a wash. And as a result, they just end up being better than their non-shadow counterparts in terms of total damage that said something else shadow pokemon all come with the move frustration for their charge move and you cannot tm it away unless we have a tm event to cleanse it and those usually happen about once a season but it's been off and on the last season and a half, I think. We've had a stretch of six to nine months without them, but they've been pretty good since we came back to them to have it once every three to six. I think we're getting closer to three being the average now. I think you're right. Yeah, But they don't have to stay shadow Pokemon forever. You can purify the shadow away for a cost of Stardust and Candy. When you purify shadow Pokemon, their appraisal, that is their IVs, increase by a flat two for all three stats so if it was a 13 13 13 it is now a 15 15 15 or a hundo that being said if it was a 15 7 7 it would be a 15 9 9 it cannot exceed 15 yeah um as well as it will lower the amount of stardust and candy it takes to level up power up and unlock a new charge move i also believe that they increase to level 30 25 30 it's something like that yeah it's like 30 and all shadows start at like level five or something like that yeah yeah shadows start really low so that it's really a big pain in the butt for you to get it up to a point where you can use it if that's a high level and purifying gives them a big level boost so ultimately if you don't care if it's shadow or purified it's cheaper to purify and then to power up yes by a lot um uh one last note though before we go into that more purified pokemon forget frustration and learn return it's another charge attack that's specific to purified pokemon return is a better move in terms of stats than frustration frustration is deliberately meant to be very very bad and unlike frustration you can tm away from return at any point but you cannot go back to it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, if you use an elite TM on it, uh, and on purified Pokemon, if you've gotten rid of return, return will not be in that list. 
Interest. That's that's interesting. Now, for for some of you, if you're wondering, oh, ret- that's that's really great, but I don't think I've ever seen return on anything useful before. Just to to shout it out, there has been lots of spots in the GBL and Cup metas where purified Pokemon that would have otherwise not had access to a good neutral type move uh, return is really good on them. But that said, like Chris said, when you purify them, they get a nice big level boost. So the earlier you are in the game. That actually makes it very valuable, saves you a lot of resources, gives you a decently powered Pokemon right off the bat. That said, in every other scenario, a shadow Pokemon is going to be better than a purified Pokemon unless you need that return. Which is why in the past we've been like, don't purify your shadow Mewtwo's unless you want to for some sort of narrative role playing reason, because mechanically you are shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. And it's kind of a a bit of a contention amongst the community. It's a meme at this point in time. Well, no, just <laughs> because like shadow Pokemon, we, we shouldn't be incentivized to keeping them because we're supposed to be the good guys. Right, right. Kind of now, like, you know. One, one thing I want to mention, though, too, and we might have all just forgotten about this, but I certainly haven't. When this was first announced, shadow and purified Pokemon. They said that purified Pokemon were also going to deal increased damage to shadow Pokemon. And I don't believe that that has ever come to fruition. Is that in the game? I'm almost positive that was added at the same time that the shadow damage was added. Because I distinctly remember this. That that said, well, we check real quick. It wouldn't really matter that much because all you need to beat shadow Pokemon is a handful of Pokemon and a little bit of strategy. So that extra purified damage wouldn't even be that significant, except if you have a specific struggle against Giovanni or maybe one of the leaders. So a a quick little just Google and looking around some forums and some Reddit threads and things like that back from 2020, 2021 and earlier this year as well in 2022, it seems that while the modifier is in the code for dealing extra damage from purified to shadow Pokemon, the damage modifier is set to 1.0, and the numbers do not bear out that they are actually dealing more no, uh, more damage. Okay. I mean... It's interesting. It's in the code, and it's part of the conversation. Yeah. That said, the bonus would still not be worth purifying it unless you were only going to use it against other shadows. Like rockets and stuff like that, which would yeah. be cool in this case for sure. Uh, we'll talk. I mean, it'll be obvious why when we talk about Apex, but yeah. Any other thoughts about general shadow Pokemon before... Oh, yeah. There was one thing on that article that was very specific that raised an interesting question for me. So I'll I'll point out the note and then we'll talk about the question after we talked about Apex. Uh, the note is Pokemon will always learn return when purified, even if you use a TM to unlearn frustration while they were shadow Pokemon. So keep that in mind. And so moving forward, we're at the Apex shadow Pokemon. Woo! And first we have Apex shadow Ho-Oh. And we have the numbers for its new moves that it's going to learn. Sacred Fire Plus. Apex Shadow Ho-Oh knows Sacred Fire Plus, a stronger version of Sacred Fire. And its stats in terms of power or trainer battles, a 130 power. And gyms and raids, 135 power. We don't know the energy cost. Chris and I are, are guessing that it's a 50 energy move given other contextual clues. And numbers <laughs> it would be yeah. awful this would be an awful move if it was 100 energy it but. would be 
probably the worst thing that she could do in this case. If never mind, we'll get to it. Okay. I, I, I kind of <laughs> I want to look up Fire Blast to see how much energy it costs. It's okay. just I'll, for I'll do comparison. That. I'll do that while you're doing this. There's something else. Sacred Fire plus plus. When Apex Shadow Ho is purified, Sacred Fire Plus will change to Sacred Fire Plus Plus. And its stats will be in trainer battles, still 130 power. And in gyms and raids, 155 power. So that's a 20 power increase. We can remember that. Okay, so uh, for reference, Fire Blast is a 100 energy move. And its base damage is 140. Okay, so yeah, so this is a this is a fifty energy move. Cause it's gotta be. Ho already knows Fire Blast, and Fire yeah. Blast is bad. So Fire Blast is bad on purpose. Yes. Yes, definitely. It has some obvious faults in the main series games too, so it makes sense. Uh we'll talk deeper in this in a second. We're just gonna go over the other one. Apex Shadow Lugia. We'll know Aeroblast plus. <laughs> Apex Shadow Lugia knows Aeroblast Plus, which is a stronger version of Aeroblast. And its stats are Trainer Battles 170 power and Gyms and Raids 200 power. Aeroblast is a 100 energy move, for clarification. Aeroblast Plus Plus. When Apex Shadow Lugia is purified, Aeroblast Plus will change to Aeroblast Plus Plus. Trainer Battles still 170 power. Gyms and Raids 225 power. So that's a 25 increase versus the 20 for Sacred Fire. But that makes sense given the suspected energy costs. So I looked it up just now. I'm going to hop in yeah. really quick. And I, I can confirm that base Aeroblast is a 100 energy move. Its base damage in PvP is 170, which is unchanged from these numbers. But the damage outside of Trainer Battles is 180. So it's a 20 increase for plus and for plus plus it's a 45 power increase totally. okay okay and so now before we talk about the the I, the idea behind these moves the actual numbers here with the numbers presented it's still not worth it to purify them because of the way the damage calculation works the flat 20 percent damage boost is much better than 20 more power for comparison if you were to assume 20 percent damage would just be 20 percent more power it should have about 27 more power versus the 20 that it will based on these numbers so it's seven power lower the apex plus plus move than what you would expect from assuming the way the math works i'm assuming that's not actually how it works and 20 percent is actually outside of some damage formula and so it's an even bigger difference than that so thematically, it's really cool, and I like it a lot, but numerically, you just don't want to purify it. Yeah, so just because I wanted to look at this from Lugia's perspective, because those are the numbers we actually have and can look at, right? I mean, we have mm -hmm. the numbers for the other one, but we know the energy costs and all that sort of stuff, so it's more comfortable for me to think about Lugia. In Gyms and Raids, Aeroblast Plus, base damage 200 if it's Shadow. Plus 20% is 240. Mm -hmm. So in order for Purify to be more lucrative, let's just say, or more powerful than, two, than the 200 plus 20% shadow, the Purified version would have to be higher than 240, but it's 225 for gyms and raids plus plus. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's even bigger. It's a 15-point 
difference there, which is huge. I mean, yes, your Lugia is taking 20% extra damage, but who cares? <laughs> In well, gyms and raids. Who cares? That's the big deal, though, is because who cares? And what Chris means when they say who cares is it doesn't matter if you take more damage if the opponent is dying at the same rate you're taking more damage. That And also within gyms and raids in particular, if they die, you back out and you throw them back in with a revive. It's not a big deal. If You know, this has much more of a of an impact in the PVP sphere. And I think it's great that they kept the base damage for PVP the same, because this would be ridiculous if it didn't, because this is only for people that have the masterwork research, which is only for ticketed players. So that would be quite literally uh, pay to win, mm-hmm. pay to win in that, that case. So that said, this brings up a great point about the difference between PVP and gyms and raids. Lugia doesn't have a flying fast move. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. The whole discussion, it doesn't actually matter at all because Lugia is not going to compete with even something like a Sky Attack Moltres. But as far as neutral damage, if you're going to take it, this would probably fall into, because it was already on the tail of Sky Attack Moltres, it it might push it over the edge or get it close enough. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely better, but the problem comes with finding the right raid target that also takes super effective from Extra Sensory, which is the only fast move that lugia has that matters i think i would have been much more excited about them adding wing attack than them giving us aeroblast plus yeah i mean <laughs> personally yeah. that said ho only has fire blast as its uh-huh. fire charge move so this could actually be a bigger deal for ho i don't know how it's going to shape up until the numbers actually get put into all the calculators but incinerate sacred fire plus it it could do something. It, it could do something good. Could be I, the top raid DPS if you do it right. Yeah. yeah. So yep. that's cool. Now we, we've said all of this about the apex. We can take a moment. Let's talk about the idea of a plus. What is the, what does the plus mean to you, Chris? And to clarify, we're not talking about the go plus. No, 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 not the go plus. No, we're talking <laughs> about going beyond plus ultra uh, in this in this point in time. So to me, it implies a level of mastery in that skill, right? So it's it's like the idea that a psychic from a, a Mewtwo that's used it a hundred times would be better than a Mewtwo who's used it for the first time. Mewtwo is a bad example because there's technically only really one <laughs> narratively, yeah. right? But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it gives the idea that this Pokemon can use this move better than the others for whatever reason, genetically modified or practice or it's being forced to do it or whatever the case might be. But that's how I read it. Is that it? Is that how what you were asking? I, I mean, and no, just just your opinion on it, and just in general, oh. and what you're oh. thinking, what it makes you think about. I suppose. Okay. Um, to me, it it marks an interesting change that they are kind of making their own rules for these sorts of things. It's a yes. way to make something that currently exists something into something that doesn't currently exist without really pushing the envelope for things like this. All right, this has dispelled one of my core worries. This proves to me that they can take existing things like Aeroblast, which we've had for a while, the hype is gone, and make it interesting again. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a question, though. This is tied to a masterwork research. That means you had to pay for it, which means it's very, very, very limited, especially if it's as hard to get as the last masterwork research 
Right. I'm, I'm kind of worried about what this one's going to look like. Not going to lie. <laughs> we'll see. But um, how do we translate that or how do they translate that into the rest of the game? Is this something we could see make a transition into being featured for every event? I don't or, think so. No, you don't think it's you don't think it's a big enough or it's a possible, I suppose. No, I think that as we continue to move the goalposts as people get used to these events and things like that, we've gone past the whole oh community day means a new shiny. That doesn't mean that anymore and that's okay. We have other things like bonuses and stuff to be excited about and spawn density or like they did with Hop Day, the stuff with the parks and things like that. I think this is another way of adding a block on top of the tower of things that people are trying to get to now that everything is much more reachable. Does that make sense? Yes, but they didn't have to do this. No. Well, I, you could make the argument that yes, they did, but well, yeah. no, I, I mean like this in particular at this moment. Oh, sure. As a reward for the masterwork, it feels like it's laying a ground foundation for something in the future. That's not just other masterwork or other stuff like that. Because they could have done any number of other things besides introduce a new concept of a move into the masterwork. I'd have to think about it for more than a second to give an answer. So <laughs> I, I think hmm, this sort of begs the question then, right? When we see this game with all of its generations released and every shiny Pokemon out and every move released, where does the game go from there? And I think building their own unique Team Go Rocket and shadow narrative is the way to do it. And if they start building now, it'll be compelling and relatively all encompassing later, if that's what the vision is. So I think mm -hmm. it's smart to, to start putting this in now, balance it, get a feel for it, see what works, see what doesn't, um, and have it not mess with their PVP, <laughs> which is sick. Yeah. But like at the same time, it needs to mess with PVP. That's where it's interesting. It could, but you know, we would have to have enough apex shadows Yes. And it would probably be a cup that allows them to have it. Like it's Apex Shadows only or something well, like that. Well, I think that's where I think that's where the concept gets very interesting is what's an Apex Shadow? Are only legendaries Apex Shadow? If that's the case, my interest is kind of muted by well, a lot this in the future. Is I was having a conversation with somebody because I was really hyped about this. And then they read it and I'm like, oh, I don't know why you're so excited about it. And I was I was completely dumbfounded by the response because to me, this this is something that they've created themselves. They didn't co-op it from something else. Even Shadow Pokemon at its base was pretty much lifted from, you know, DX, right? So yep. or Coliseum, whatever it was. I don't remember. It was uh, I, I mean it was both. I think they it was both Coliseum used DX. That, yeah. Excellent. I'm I'm on it <laughs> that th this is something that they own, that they can flex in any way they want. And so if it is or isn't for legendaries, we don't know the answer to that yet. We could speculate, but I don't think mm -hmm. them choosing these two in particular signals their decision one way or the other. I think if anything, it signals that they want to take this approach for content moving forward. So they have yes. stuff to keep making. I just I think and I'm, I'm not even particularly PDP focused, everyone who listens knows that one already. You can't make this just gym and raids unless you're going to revamp the systems. Gyms and raids are solved. They, they are 200% solved 
We got people soloing attack Deoxys right now, and it's not even that hard to do. Right. You can do it with level 35 counters. Attack Deoxys is a special case, but it, it's timely. Maybe EX raids are coming back and they're going to be really difficult. Maybe Apex Shadows can be in EX raids? Yeah, I just I, – I think if you want to make your focus the gyms and raids kind of thing going on here and let trainer battles can continue to be their own consistent thing, raids need a revamp uh, of some kind. I think gyms need to revamp much sooner than raids do for sure. Well, the the gym and raid, the PvE systems need revamps if they want to introduce new things to it. That's that's okay. It. Do you really think that raids need to work rework just as badly as gyms do? Yes. Really? I think that while raids are more interactive, of course. It's only because there's a timer on it. Mm. It's only mm-hmm. because we're waiting for an egg to hatch. It's only because we wait for invites or we go to the gym and that kind of stuff. And gyms are the exact same thing, just more fixed. There, There's no flux about what's happening. We need to rage timers on raids. No, it'd be oh. cool because then like you can't bring new teams in or whatever. And this would incentivize people if you're trying to short man to bring like one guy brings tanks, you know, I'm just but like on that same regard, we're going to get into a whole branching topic. Go look at X and Y. I don't know actually how super popular this was amongst the Pokemon Go fan base, but the uh, super training, it's a fantastic way of introducing a very, very minimal skill set that remains interactive the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Go has all of the functionality to do what the super training did in X and Y. And I'm slightly biased because I actually really enjoyed the super training. It was it was a very fun way to power up your Pokemon. But that that's kind of what I'm thinking when I say gyms and raids need a revamp because they use the same system. That's fair enough. I think gyms are in a worse place, but I see your point very much so. Now, before we move on from this, because we have talked about this completely, I wanted to circle back to that note that I had pointed out before. We know that Apex Shadow Pokemon are going to have this move, right? It, it has to. It has to. So it'll have a fast move and these charge moves. Now, usually when you catch a Shadow Pokemon, it has a fast move in frustration, and you have to add a second move or cleanse frustration with a TM during an event or whatever in order to get rid of it and then get a second move and you know whatever the case might be but this implies that they will not have frustration at all in the first place they will have the quick move and their new move mm-hmm. now what's worrying me is that the note says they will always learn return when purified even if they don't have frustration because it was TM'd away or not so I have submitted a question to Niantic proper about if Apex Shadow is a different categorization or if this rule still exists for some reason. I think the answer is obvious, hopefully obvious, uh, to everybody involved, including Niantic, that th- those rules just would not apply. But it does make me nervous. Yeah. So that's that said, if you plan on purifying one of these because it fits the role playing you're doing, you just like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, whatever your decision is, wait to do it after you get them. Even if this is like six months from now, I'll try and remind people when it's more reasonable to have that masterwork finished. Just in case, let somebody else take the bullet because you know yeah. there's going to be a post on Reddit about it. If it yeah, happens. take take to Reddit, take to Twitter and search 
purified apex lugia and you'll yeah. see other people that have it or don't have it or yeah. you'll see people yelling about how they don't have it and then you'll know not to do it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that said i think we have uh covered this topic enough for the moment and it is time to go into the poke poll okay all right last week's question was what real life event or holiday do you think needs a pokemon go event based on it what would that event be like First response from Who's Your Data 13. Birthdays. Being able to input your birthday and then the game catering to you on your special day. Special drop boxes, a special challenge, special spawns, extra presents, etc. All right. You know what? I'm surprised it's not a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much I've mentioned before. I play Genshin Impact. And on the birthday that you input when you start, they send you a cake in game and it just sits in your inventory. You don't even have to do anything with it. It just shows that you've played one birthday in the game and huh. you can have you can have multiple like it's now only been out for two years for some people potentially. But it's just a, a cute little feature. And Pokemon Go has a lot of options that they could do with that, too. Definitely. Next one is from Tima Rap. They said Arbor Day. It's celebrated in multiple countries and could feature all the various tree like Pokemon or their pre evolutions. Sudowoodo, Executor, Trevenant, and Snow, to name a few. Even Tangela would work. Unfortunately for the U.S., it's smack dab in the middle of spring, which already has other events, Earth Day and Easter. This could be an alternative to those to keep events different each year. That's a, that's a solid. That's a solid option. Honestly, it could be a it could be a weekend event too. It doesn't have to be a, a full fledged event or anything like that. Or just one day. I mean, events don't have to be crazy. It could be, hey, bunch of tree Pokemon tomorrow from noon to 5 p.m. Enjoy. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Do a, you know, we didn't specify it, but it could be a, a research day. That, yeah. That that'd be awesome. event too. I love it. I would love if they did more educational stuff in Pokemon Go itself. And I'm really happy that they had the whole um, Dia de los Muertos stuff last year because it was somewhat educational to the rest of us that don't have that around us. But I'd love it if, like, you know, the professor was talking about Arbor Day or something. Like, tell us a little bit about it, you know? Agreed. It's just it has a lot of fun opportunities there. Next one's from Matters. And he said, hello, gents. I was thinking of a couple of one-day events that could be fun in Pogo. The first is Guy Fawkes Night on November 5th. An explosive evening of fire and electric spawns to commemorate Guy's failed attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament. The second would be Shrove's Tuesday, a.k.a. Pancake Day. We could have a whole day where danger pancakes spawn and maybe even a little quarter egg hatch distance as you can't make pancakes without cracking a few eggs. Keep up the great work, chaps. <laughs> so my question here, this raises a good uh, a good question. If we did like a Guy Fox on November 5th and if we had birthday research, would I just get both on that same day? Yes. Okay. okay. Or you would just be out of luck and you would get one. I would be okay being superseded by a Guy Fox event. It's very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> and last one's from T- Trip Tando. And they said, Hi, Go Christ Podcast. <laughs> Terrible pun, I know. <laughs> I love it. I would love to see some more events that are based on celebrations around the world. Current bigger events that suit that are Christmas slash holidays and Lunar New Year. Not everyone celebrates those in the same way. But we can learn a bit about them through Go. I would like to see more events like last year's Dia de Muertos 
This way we can celebrate religions and cultures all around, all across the world and connect more as one people. Agreed. I, this is perfectly fitting. I don't know enough about global culture to list more options, but I guarantee you there are great choices. We're from Chicago. We have enough culture locally that we couldn't consume it all in a lifetime if we tried. Yeah. <laughs> to a fault. To a fault. Trip Tando, we're on the same wavelength, man. For sure. <laughs> Let's do it. I want to learn more stuff about different places. I mean, honestly, the Dia de los Muertos thing, like Professor Willow could be talking about it and then just talk about, have you ever wondered where ghost Pokemon come from? Blah, blah, blah. And like, they can be really vague about it, but mm-hmm. it can be Pokemon themed, you know, like it. Man, oh, it'd be so cool. Now for this week's Pokepoll. Aside from Kanto and the upcoming Johto Go Tour events, what other generation of Pokemon are you looking forward to a Go Tour of next? Which Pokemon are you most excited for? <sighs> well, my default answer would be Hoenn, just because I, I like Hoenn a lot and I want to see how they handle the elemental trio i don't i can't remember what the three of them are called the weather trio weather trio is what it's actually called there we go that said that generation also has the reggies in it and i don't want to see those for a go tour so i'm considering that not a great answer fair enough i'm gonna say uh go tour kalos and purely for the reason hone edge exists oh okay yeah (laughs) and if it wasn't a featured spawn in that event it would be a crime Agreed. That'd be f- oh man, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, you know, you'd have to raid for it. <laughs> oh, I, I don't care. I, it, they'll get all my raid passes. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you just want the opportunity. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Just have them show up. I'll do them. Uh, for me, I'm really looking forward to Unova Go Tour. In particular, uh, two examples of things I'm really looking forward to. I want to catch more Rufflet than I know what to do with in order to get one that I believe is actually worthwhile to evolve into a Braviary, and that would be amazing. But also, secondly, this generation includes a couple of fun ones for me, like uh, Caracosta and uh, Archaeops and stuff like that. (laughs) And I think that would be a lot of fun. Plus, you already know. And there's going to be trubbish everywhere, so I'm going to be yeah, excited yeah, for that fair. sweet, sweet stardust. That's for maybe, sure. Maybe I can finally catch a second Archaeops. Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think I think that's against the law, though. At this point, at, at this point yeah. in the game, I don't think I'm ever going to see another one. Well, anyway, dear listener, if you have an answer to the question, aside from Kanto and the upcoming Johto Go Tour events, what other generation of Pokemon are you looking forward to a Go Tour of next, and which Pokemon are you most excited for? You can answer that question when you post it on Twitter. If you're a patron of ours, we have an entire channel dedicated to it. It's called the Pokepole channel. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717, or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we get to any of that, we're going to toss it on over to Fish and DeFi, who this week are going to be doing a deep dive into Johto Cup and some Johto Tour stuff, in addition to other things. Over to the two of you. Fish on a heater. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is today's answer to Wordle. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? 
Well, we are currently in the Love Cup. It ends on February 21st, though, so only a few days left. I had a team that was working really, really well for me, but I'm not sure if it's, I don't know, I think I might just be in a pocket of ELO where it's not working or the meta shifted somehow. I was running um, Drudgegon and Slowbro and Slowpoke. And it was so much fun, and I was doing so well, and then just I've been running into a lot of Scrafty, a lot of Electrode that just really mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. mess with that team. How about you? Uh, fairly similar story for me. I was running a Dredagon team myself. I was running Ariados and Galarian Slowbro in the back, and that was doing very well for me. Um, it For me, it wasn't that the team started sucking. It was that I sometimes make YouTube content uh, featuring teams for these GBL Cups. And I made a video about this Dragon Double Poison line. And then I'm like, okay, got to find something else now. So I just ditched that one and started playing around with other stuff. I completely plummeted in my ELO while I was searching for something. I did end up finally coming across a team that I liked, and that was Scrafty, Ariados, and Kanto Slowbro. I'm very keen to get into my battles for today to see if it continues to do as well as it did at the start. When Love Cup ends on February 21st, it's going to be pretty much the end of the season. We have one week left of GBL after Love Cup ends. That last week is all three open leagues, open great, open ultra, open master plus the Johto Cup, which we're going to be diving into a little bit more in a bit. One last piece of quick news, Fish. Did you know that Go Battle League has its very own community manager? I had no clue, DeFi. This is complete news to me. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I'm asking and I'm bringing it up because Fish and I actually got to have a really lovely conversation with the Go Battle League community manager. They are a fantastic individual. We're excited to have more conversations with them in the future. So please, if you have feedback or comment or suggestions about how to make Pokemon Go PvP more awesome, please be sure to send those ideas to us. And yeah, do you have anything else you wanted to add about our conversation, Fish? No, nothing else to add. It's like you said, a lot of a lot of cool things to look forward to. I'm excited for the direction that GBL will be heading and the attention that uh, that Niantic want to put into it moving forward. Same. All right, let's get into our self check in. What are you noticing, Fish, in the Guardian Cup? There has been no change from what I could see in people's teams. I'm still seeing that Dragonite Steelix core everywhere, and basically like the. Everyone's teams, from what I could see, just settled very quickly and have not been changed around very much. There's a, a lot of Ninetales, there's a lot of Gorgeist, there's a lot of... I've seen a few Empoleon here and there to try and counter that Dragonite Steelix core. I have actually made a small change in my team where I didn't like how rock, paper, scissors so much of this is. So like um, Ninetales is a good one for countering Steelix and Gorgeist, but it gets so badly beaten by Alimamola and Mantine. I decided to change out my Ninetales for Seeking to see if that helps because it's not such a hard wall situation. It's got Poison Jab, Icy Wind, Drill Run. Uh, Obviously Icy Wind will 
destroy a Dragonite. Drill Run, it takes a couple of Drill Runs to take out a Steelix. Um, a Drill Run can hit the Nine Towers pretty well. It's got the moveset to be able to take on other waters. So I want to see if that kind of gives my team a little more maneuverability. Makes a lot of sense. I need to share about this battle I just had today. It's from the Girls at PvP tournament, and I battled against a player named Wooglefurf. And they had fish, I think the spiciest team I've ever seen. Okay. XL Spoink, XL Dustox, XL Spinda, Charmeleon, XL Slowpoke, and Gorgeist. <laughs> I love how there's all these ridiculous picks, like like rare uh, spicy picks, and then Gorgeist at the end. Because <laughs> you got to have one meta pick. And the craziest thing is, Fish, I lost to this team. I lost one, too. Oh. That Spinda is going to haunt my nightmares. Spinda runs Psycho Cut, Icy Wind, and also has access to Rock Tomb. And... The speed at which it gets to Icy Wind is frightening. Just chills you to the bone. (laughs) And like one Icy Wind knocked out my Dragonite. I didn't bring that back into future matches. But it just, the slow poke, um, the Charmeleon basically farmed down my Steelix. um, And then Fire Punch, it gets to really fast. It is, that team was terrifying. It basically gets to Icy Wind at the same speed that Swampert gets to Hydro Cannon. Which is far too fast. Yeah, way too fast. But GG's to Google for that was those were fantastic battles. I just I came up short in the end to that yeah. amazing spicy team. And for me, this is just evidence of what I like to say a lot, which is you can make anything work if you want. We're currently running our Go Cast Podcast Guardian Cup tournament. We yes, it was a bit of a quieter one this month. Um, I'm noticing that a lot of communities have had a bit of a drop in their participation. But I came up against Timmer Rap in round number one, and Defy. I've got to mention this one in battle number one against Timmer Rap. I had made a couple of mistakes in the battle. Uh, misjudged a couple of things, and I was well on my way to losing that battle. And then technology happened, because uh, I can't remember what the exact malfunction was. There was some sort of lag or a third shield somewhere, and it meant that we had to replay the battle. And I ended up coming back and winning that one. I'd gone from absolute I'm going to lose this situation to being able to come back and, and win that one, and then I went on to win the next one as well. I felt very bad for my opponent there because like they played so well and they probably should have beaten me i got lucky yeah and that is just that is just the state of the game right now i am really looking forward to and hoping for some really positive fixes in the future because it's definitely been a little rough lately Mm -hmm. yeah really quickly i would like to mention my spicy team in the GoCast podcast tournament, my spice line. So the badge that I was looking at when I built this team is called Thrifty, and it's win a ranked tournament using only Pokemon with 10k second moves. I thought it was placed in the top 50%, mm-hmm. so might not get this one, but it was a fun <laughs> team to build anyway. 
because I have to win to get the badge. But I had a lot of fun building the team. My team is Beedrill, Alolan Graveler, Noctowl, Empoleon, Chestnut, and Talonflame. It actually has a lot of really good counters to Dragonite and Steelix, uh, which is really, really great for me. And just kind of fun in general. Just a fun team that I'm excited to play with. I won my first battle, which was really exciting. And I believe we have three rounds left. All right. Are you ready to get into our deep dive? I very much am. So our deep dive this week is the Johto Cup, which is coming in right as we have the Johto Tour event that we have been looking very much forward to. The Johto Cup in GBL runs from February 21st to 28th, just one week, the last week of the season. It is a great league cup where only Pokemon with a Pokedex number of 152 to 251 will be allowed. The PV Poke Top 10 Species. Going to list them off for you. For number one, we've got Skarmory. Both the regular and the shadow version appear on the list. Lantern, Raikou, both the regular and the shadow. Of course, Azumarill is up there. Meganium, now with both the regular and shadow variants. Quillfish, Wobbuffet, Quagsire, Steelix, and then Shadow Granbull rounds out our top 10 today. Fish, this is an extremely restricted meta. There's only around 100 Pokemon allowed. Mm. How is this going to pan out? Well, yeah, I mean, do you remember Sinnoh Cup, DeFi? I do indeed. Yep, uh, it's it's going to be a repeat of that. There's, like you said, uh, extremely restricted. There's only a small handful of Pokemon that will be relevant. And the really, I would say, annoying thing about this cup is that everything seems to have like one or two really hard wall counters. Like Jumpluff is a really, really good pick for this cup, but it gets so hard walled by Skarmory. Skarmory, really good pick for this cup, but does not want to see a Steelix or a Lantern ever. Um, Lantern, really good pick until it comes up against Meganium where it's just got nothing to hit that with. Um, Umbreon, really good unless it comes up against an Azumarill or maybe a Gramble. And Azumarill will be fantastic unless it comes up against a Lantern. So there's just a whole bunch of uh, rock, paper, scissors. We use that term a lot. It definitely applies here. Um, and it's going to be very tough to navigate the hard wall city. The city of hard walls, DeFi. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if we can blow down some of those hard walls with Acrobatics. Acrobatics is the brand new move that we just got from Jumpluff in Hopip Community Day. And Acrobatics can do a surprising amount of damage. So Ariados, it's going to completely blow that away, does 93% of damage to an Ariados. So you get one or two fast moves in and just knock the thing out. It does 64% of damage to a Quillfish, so that's pretty substantial. 56% to an opposing Jump Pluff, so it'll knock out more than half of its health. Mantine does just under half, about 42%. And the thickest of thick Pokemon in this meta, Umbreon does about 31% damage. So you're still taking out about a third. Mm, yeah, it's it's not bad. But what I noticed looking at this and a few other different matchups is that in a lot of cases where energy ball and acrobatics are both neutral against the opponent, you're probably actually better off going with energy ball rather than acrobatics. Even though acrobatics is a stronger move 
in probably every way, like definitely a better damage per energy, um, harder hitting, etc., etc. The difference between that and energy ball is so little that you'll probably be able to save energy by going to energy balls rather than to acrobatics or an acrobatics and an energy ball because the bullet seeds are not providing any fast move pressure, which means you're relying on the charge moves. So if you have to throw two charge moves, may as well go the lower energy one. When taking a look at Go Battle League, a really great strategy is try to find two Pokemon that work really well together. Fish, what are a couple of the cores that you've found for the Johto Cup? Well, by far, by far, the best core that I found was Quagsire and Skarmory, which beats everything in the Johto Cup meta except for Hitmontop and Feraligator both shadow and regular variety. I don't know how many Feraligators we're going to see. Hitmontop is a really good pick. I would encourage you to try that one out, but Quagsire and Skarmory. Another one is Hitmontop and Ariados. Both of those are Pokemon that do have some play against their counters. You are still worried about most flyers, but interestingly, Hitmontop can actually beat Skarmory in the one shield. So something very worthy of consideration. If you want to get some mileage out of that brand new PvP jump pluff that you picked up on Community Day, a good pair for it is Lantern. There are a few things it needs to watch out for, though. Kingdra with that Dragon Breath damage and Fortress as well. Peloswine, if you run into it, the ice damage is going to hit the jump pluff, and then the ground type pressure is going to damage the Lantern. One final core gotta mention Umbreon. Umbreon is a fantastic open Great League pick. You could pair it with a Quillfish and it'll be a pretty solid core. There are some things that beat it. We mentioned Quagsire earlier. It will also lose to Steelix, Ariados, Ampharos, and that Foratress again. So hopefully this has given you some ideas of which Pokemon to hunt for IVs and candies during the upcoming Johto Tour. DeFi, which version are you going to go for? It was tough, but I decided to go with silver version. Fish, I want that shiny mill tank so bad. <laughs> yeah. So badly I've been hunting for that mill tank and for so long. And this this is the time. The time is now. How about you? Uh, for me, I'm actually leaning towards gold version because that was the version that I played as a kid. It's very nostalgic for me. I put so many hours into it. And interestingly, I also, uh, I ultimately leave the decision up to my partner, whichever one she wants, I'll just take the other one. But I feel like if Miltank is exclusive to Silver version, she's going to be very keen for that one. So <laughs> I think it's going to work out for everyone. All right, let's take a quick peek here into our mailbag. We have one from Lurgan Rocket who writes, Hey, Fish and DeFi E250, Lurgan Rocket here with a couple of Love Cup teams for yourselves and the listeners. The first team is a variation of the team I ran myself and gave to Fish last year, which got me to number 112 on the GBL leaderboard at the time. The team back then was Wormadam Trash, Slowbro, and Alomomola, but the variation now is substituting Galarian Slowbro over the Kanto Slowbro, helping to shore up the team's weaknesses to an uncommon Scrafty lead. The team is not without its flaws, as it is quite vulnerable to make cargo lead, but like Scrafty, they seem much more common in the back than in the lead. I haven't used this team myself, but Housestark93 has used it to achieve, I believe, number 25 on the GBL leaderboard this week. 
The second team is what I've been using to climb back up after tanking for Go Battle Day, getting me from around 2350 to just over 3000 rating in four days. Canto Slowbro, running Confusion, Psychic, and Water Pulse. Metacham, running Counter, Ice Punch, and Psychic. And Scolipede, running Poison Jab, Excessor, and Sludge Bomb. Canto Slowbro is a fantastic core breaker for teams based around cores of Metacham, Talonflame, Macargo, and Alola Mamola. And with a shield, it can shred through Ariados and opposing Scolipede. I chose Scolipede over Ariados, as if I safe swap Scolipede and my opponent swaps in a Talonflame. In response, the Talonflame must respect the Sludge Bomb and shield. Otherwise, Scolipede can one shield farm down the Talonflame. If you're brave enough to bait with an X-Scissor and get the shield, you can reach a Sludge Bomb before getting farmed down, even if Talonflame goes for Flame Charge, provided you have a good charge move timing. I hope these teams help yourselves and the listeners if you choose to run them. May the algorithm be ever in your favor, and best of luck DeFi on hitting Legend if you haven't already. Lurgan Rocket. Lurgan Rocket, thank you so much for the email, and I appreciate the good luck. Yeah, this is just a further example of how much I'm constantly blown away by Lurgan Rocket's PvP knowledge. He has written in before. I've mentioned that he uh, pops into my live stream chat occasionally and just he can rattle off uh, statistics and facts like this until the mill tank come home. So um, I'm very impressed with Lurgan's team building skills. We have another email from Artemis Dragon, who wants to continue the conversation about Wisma. He says, is Wisma slash Xblad lame? Hey, DeFi and Fish, Artemis Dragon here again. I hope this email finds you and yours well. The short answer to DeFi's question last week about whether or not Xblad is lame is, roll please. True. So, Fish is right. But there's hope. Xblad currently learns Crunch disarming voice, and even has fire blast of all things for that surprise factor. So like DeFi and others have said, it's just one update away from meta relevancy. Fast moves in the main games that it can learn are incinerate and counter. But if Niantic has the ability, it can give it the wall rain treatment and give it a new move. Supersonic sounds really cool as a fast move. Oh, and it can learn body slam too. When I first heard that Shadow Wisma was getting added, I thought maybe it would be the Community Day Pokemon for February, since it was pink. But that turned out to be a load of trubbish. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> Yet still, I believe it has a future in PvP. It has access to some OP moves that we love, so who wouldn't be hype? Lastly, did you know that it's actually around the same weight class as Greedon and Vigoroth? It's right between the two in terms of stats and wins CMP. Yep, just one update away. Cheers, y'all. We got to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Every Pokemon is just one update away from meta relevancy. Quote DeFi 250. Um, yes. So look. 2022, baby. I feel like I've been misunderstood because I have always agreed with DeFi's mantra that every Pokemon is one move update away from being good. I think that Wisma is lame from a design standpoint, I just think it's just as its existence is not very good. I just don't like the Pokemon as a matter of principle. I don't necessarily care if it gets an update that makes it PvP relevant. I mean, I'll, I'll probably care because, you know, I'm competitive, but I won't like it. I'll never like it. 
I guess some people are just stubborn like that and <laughs> refuse. I mean, if you're going to hate fun, I guess. I guess. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again, Artemis Dragon, for writing in. Fish, it is shameless plug time. Um, uh, uh, sh- shameless plugs, shameless plugs, shameless plugs. We really got to get a consistent yeah, little thing. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do something different every week forever. Right. But the challenge <laughs> is there for now. So the first plug is for both of us. For those who don't know, Ken Pescator, who runs the Lured Up Pokemon Go podcast, he also runs a whole podcast network called the Pokemon Professor Network. And there is a newish podcast on there called the Spotters podcast, which is all about uh, the, the Wayfarer system and the, the whole game board that goes under it's kind of the engine room of pokemon go and a lot of other all of niantic's games and so uh defi and i were invited to be guests on that podcast with lachlan and jamal and it was such a fun time a very fun recording very honest conversations about uh some very important aspects of pokemon go so i encourage you to check it out that is way spotters and it should be out by the time you are listening to this uh, just really quick, um, my Twitch streams have been really fun. I had a recent one with Camo McGeo8 where we both ran uh, double bro- or double slow teams. He <laughs> ran Slow King, Canto Slow King, and Canto Slow Bro. I ran Canto Slow Bro and uh, Canto Slow Poke. I actually maxed out level 50 to my Slow Poke on the stream. It was pretty fun. Uh, another thing, Sylph Showdown is coming up February 19th. I will be casting with Toshi and PvP Steve. Um, Fish, I think you made the list for at least the waiting list, right? Yeah, yeah. Second month in a row, which I'm super happy about. But I, I mean, I'm pretty far down the wait list, so I'm not expecting a call up anytime soon. And I, I don't think next month either, because uh, like you, I'm, I'm not doing quite as well in this cup as I have in previous ones. All right, what's going on in Pallet Town? Um. So occasionally we do these big important live streams on Pallet Town, like the Gym Breakers that I bring up a lot uh, on the podcast. But there is a big problem with running those, which is like I usually do the behind the scenes stuff, grab everyone's camera feeds, and you know script everything, do read the read the ads, whatever. Um, but I usually have to get up at ungodly hours because America and Europe cannot work out their time zones and get on the same page as Australia. So. We are in a bit of a position here where we are looking for someone who has some content creation experience to be able to produce those live streams behind the scenes during times when I'm not able to do so. So we're just putting the call out publicly. If you have experience in this kind of thing, head to the More Fish link in the show notes to take you to some of the ways you can get in contact and let us know what that experience is. And of course, the ring is happening, which is Palatown's kind of King of the Hill style PvP format happens each month, and it is happening this Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern US time with guest shoutcaster KD46. Tune in for that because we've got a lot of high quality battlers this month. All right, and I think that's a segment. 
We love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fisher for myself, you can always direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. Things like my Twitch or my Twitter or the Pallet Town PVP Discord server. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you, Fish and DeFi-E. I feel adequately prepared for this upcoming weekend. Very, very excited. All right. So it's the second to last section of the show, Save Goals. But for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. It's time for emails. Oh, thank you, Kyle. You boys got my back. And one voicemail. We're going to start with the voicemail. It's from our main man, Mitch. Hey, Chris and Kyle. This is Mitch, otherwise known as Cook's Gravy. I'm calling because um, I'm just having quite a busy life right now. So this is the best slapdash way to write an email is to articulate it to you. So uh, this next week is going to be a big restocking week for me because I used all my Ultra Balls on Hop Up, which feels pretty stupid, but um, it did work out, as you will see in a second. I'm just kind of buying time to answer the Poke Poll, which is, oh, what real-life holiday do you think needs a Pokemon Go event based on it? What would that event be like? I wonder. That's, I didn't, I've, this is, I've not thought about this for one second. Um, I think, okay, here we go. Let's do a Boxing Day event where they introduce Grubbin and Charger Bug, but they, they just spawn Charger Bug like like nuts. Uh, that's a that's a box like Pokemon. We'll go with that. And yeah, we'll get right to goals. So forty shiny Hoppip. I got fifty one shiny Hoppip. So that that is a new record. Oh my for me. gosh! I went, I went very hard. I didn't. Oh I, I took God. one like twenty minute break in the middle. Dude. Uh, 500,000 dust. Uh, yeah, I got like 800,000. I have nice. a million dust, which is uh, rare for me. I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm I'm itching to spend it. Um, and 1 million experience, I totally did that. I'm about... Uh, I need 4.5 million for 50, so it's looking pretty good for um, Johto Tour. Going to have to drop a little bit of money. But I um, think we're going to do it on that day of playing 12 hours straight. All right. All um, right. I'm going to to do that. And let's see. Most exciting in the future for me, though, is I'm going skiing tomorrow, which is fun. <laughs> haven't been in like a year. So uh, if I get Watch injured to those before Johto Tour, pray for me. I don't plan for that to happen, but you never know. Life just happens to you. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for the, the, the wonderful show. We appreciate what you do each and every week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Fish and DeFi. Uh, shiny vibes all. Bye. Okay. And then I got a follow-up text message from Mitch. And I got to check the timestamps on these. I'm not sure if it's like right after or like a couple of hours later and he remembered. But in all caps, Chris, I left a voicemail, but I forgot new goals. And <laughs> he sent me his goals. <laughs> 1,200 Ultra Balls, 1.3 million <gasps> dust total, and 20 GBL matches. So... Our man's looking to get Ultra Balls this week. I, I guess. can't comprehend getting that many Ultra, Ultra Balls. balls. Like, no. I, I can understand having that many, but getting that many in a week? He probably has a lot and is looking to hit that number. No, but he specifically said in his voicemail that he blew a ton of them on Hoppip. Yeah, and but, that was but a if bad you decision. have 1,000 and you blow 400, that feels like a lot. Yeah, but that's a lot. That is a lot. 
I encourage everybody who doesn't think it's a lot, go out and spin 20, 50 stops. Oh, it's 50. Whoa. Count them. Count what you get. You will probably get maybe five Ultra Balls. I think more like 10. No. I know because this week, one of my goals, spoiler, is going to be restocking and I'm going to keep track. I swear, I'm going to keep track. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check my, uh, what is it, the backpacker? That's the Pokestop spun one. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm gonna check that tonight. We'll, we'll check that one in a minute, and we'll see. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited, Mitch. Good luck. Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> but thank you very much for sending in the voicemail. Great to hear from you, buddy. And we got one email aside from this, and it's from AWOL Spaceman. Hey, Chris and Kyle, I go by AWOL Spaceman in the Pokesphere. Thanks for an awesome podcast week in and week out. I wanted to share my awesome weekend with you both. This past weekend was Hopip Community Day, of course. When I encountered Hopip in Pokemon Silver nearly 20 years ago, my mind was so confused. It was so unlike any other Mon I had seen. It wasn't fearsome like Feraligator or cool like Ampharos and didn't seem to fit with any of the other style of Pokemon. Fast forward to Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Red Rescue Team on the Game Boy. There is a mission to save a lost Jumpluff, which further cemented my fascination with these cotton ball monsters. So when Niantic announced Hopip Community Day, I was enthralled. It was going to be a Pokemon that I had never seen the shiny of and just intriguing enough for me to desire to be actively engaged in. Now, here's the fun part. My significant other planned a surprise Valentine's Day weekend trip to New York City and included a three-hour block in our trip so I could participate in Community Day in Central Park. (laughs) That is so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. There were Hopip and Skiploom everywhere. Not to mention, the extra raid passes from the Community Day were awesome for the near-constant Registeel raids that filled up 20 people within 10 seconds. In just the three hours I was able to play, I garnered around 800,000 Stardust and over a million experience. Sorry for the long email, but I couldn't not tell my favorite podcast about such an awesome surprise community day for a Pokemon that has intrigued me for so long. Shiny vibes all, AWOL, Spaceman. Okay, not a super long email, and you don't need to apologize even if it is. Loved it. Please share these stories. That's fantastic. And this is probably one of the only instances where I've seen somebody celebrate near constant Registeel raids. Uh, so that's notable as well. I mean, <laughs> Registeel's Registeel's a good raid to do, though. You need that XL. No, for sure. But it wasn't about that. I, I believe it was just about grinding <laughs> during that three hour period. So that's awesome. That's yeah. really, really awesome. Uh, Kyle, you haven't had the chance to play in New York City yet, have you? No. We're going to have to make that happen eventually. I would love it. It's a good time. I missed out. I had an opportunity in like 2017. My dad had a trip for a concert that he was recording at, but I was boring and I did not want to go. Well, I also wasn't playing go at the time, so it wouldn't have actually helped. But it also would not have been what it is today. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But thank you so very much for sharing that story and for sending us an email. AWOL Spaceman, appreciate it. If you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, just like AWOL Spaceman did, you can send it on to mail at gocastpodcast.com. We accept questions, stories, on topic, off topic, if we feel like it's not appropriate for the show, but would it be an appropriate question for us to answer otherwise, it'll go into our mailbag episodes, which we intend to do when we have them to do on a monthly basis. If you'd like to send us a voicemail like Mitch did, although follow-up texts, I'm not sure I can guarantee for everybody, <laughs> you can call 
1-800-522-1717 and leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show like we did like Mitch's and talk about it. You can also visit our website for all things GoCast podcast. It's GoCastPodcast.com. And I should mention, like I did last week, that we do have an entire page of information for our Meetup 2022 that's happening at Mall of America in May. It actually coincides with the May Community Day on the 21st. That'll be the first day of our Meetup. That'll be really exciting. So go check that out if you're interested in finding out more information and RSVPing there. You can also follow us on Twitter. Not our only, but our only active social media account at GoCast Podcast. And if you'd like to help support the show monetarily, like many, many lovely people do, and we appreciate them so very much for it, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast Podcast. But Chris, what's in it for me? Well, actually, at the lowest tier, $1 a month is our best perk, which is access to our Discord community where we pull uh, answers for the poke poll from. We ask fun questions. Everybody's ratings together. It's a good time. It's a really good time. We're really into Wordle right now. I feel like everybody <laughs> on the planet's into Wordle right now. Yeah. <laughs> but our Discord did not escape that at all. Uh, but shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you. Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwalker, Andrew, Robert, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Charles, Modders, and Devante. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your increased levels of support and your confidence in what we do here and for helping us keep uh, the digital lights on. And if monetary support is not in the cards for you, or you just don't want to do it, or you aren't able to, you can still help support the show quite a bit by leaving us a review. And we have two new reviews this week. The first one is from N Carson. And they said, great podcast, really helpful in the world of go. Also, Kyle, I like clef key. Take that Kyle. Yep, he's dead. Way to go, Ann Carson. You accomplished what I've been able to do for three years. Nick Bunce, Chris and Kyle aren't just the loveliest people. They're the hosts of the Foremost Pogo podcast. Oh, there's a lot of assumptions going on there. From news and events to lore tips and tricks, whatever you play the game for, they have you covered. Unless that's PvP. They have a regular segment with two PvP experts that will have your back instead. If you support them on Patreon, you gain access to their community of international players, too, who are all equally awesome. Amazing podcast. Strongly recommend. Nick Bunce, thank you very much for the review and also for giving me a heads up. That podcast addict, first of all, is lacking in reviews. So what's everybody doing? Go to podcast addict. We need some help there. But also the thing I use to to scroll for <laughs> for these reviews uh, doesn't show podcast addict. So I will start looking there as well. Thank you. Boy, that was a lot. Uh, and that was a lot of information in this episode. And I think we need just a little a little cap at the end here, um, probably to the tune of of goals, right? It, yes, it's time for goals. OK, so do you think strategically, since we've had so many scheduling issues, Kyle, that you and I ought to maybe set our goals for Johto Tour just to be extra safe? Yeah, we, we definitely should set goals for Johto Tour. OK, let's do it. That said, if we don't get to record before Johto Tour man recording after is going to be real <laughs> it's going to be one heck of a recording maybe we could do it on that sunday we'll see yeah oh okay anyways though goal time first regular goals restocking and inventory management is are two separate goals but i am woefully low on uh, pokeballs in specific right now the rest are kind of okay mostly because i'd never have a crazy amount of ultra balls anyways but for your numbers, we can write this down. I have 302 Pokeballs, 280 Great Balls, 241 Ultra Balls. 
I'm looking for, let's say, 500 Ultra Balls. And whatever else happens, happens. That's 500 total, not 500 additional. Just just to be clear. I got you. How I got you. You're not I the same Mitch. breed as Mitch. We get it. We okay. get it. But then j- just for the comparison's sake, I gave you the numbers. Now yeah. my uh, my backpacker medal, which is not platinum, by the way, just in case you were curious. But that, <laughs> I, it's, it's so far from platinum. That's not even funny really honestly <laughs> no I, I i bet it's hilarious actually <laughs> uh twenty one thousand nine hundred and seventy eight platinum is fifty thousand for those who don't look at those t- type of thing so now i'm not going to do a lot of catching over the course of the next week it's just not going to happen a lot uh, of spinning and cleaning yeah a lot of spinning a lot of cleaning so that okay. said on the cleaning i'm at thirty eight hundred and thirty five pokemon I want to get down to 2000. That's probably going to involve getting rid of shinies, but we'll see. Has to happen eventually, right? It does have to happen eventually. Um, okay. Otherwise, oh, but if we record again, it's going to be so little time. I'm going to say 20, 20 eggs hatched. Okay. Do you want me to set my Johto stuff or do you want to say your goals first? Let me set my regular ones first and okay. then we can set Johto on a separate little grouping. Okay. Okay, um, restocking for me as well. I've got 235 Pokeballs, 66 Great Balls, and 101 Ultra Balls. I'd like to get to probably 500, 300, and 250 is kind of where I'm at. I need to clean out my Pokemon storage as well. I'm pretty much full again. Wait, uh, no, not. that's not true. I'm at 5309 out of 5500. I haven't cleaned I, it in a while. I'd like to get down to 4500. I didn't mention I only have 5,000 storage, so... Maybe I'll get that to 5,500 before Johto Tour, but we'll probably not. It's we'll probably see. not necessary. But I want to clean at least 800 out and get okay. down to 4,500, okay. which is actually pretty good for me. <laughs> so that'll be fine. Uh, in addition to that, I also am looking to hatch 20 eggs. And this is going to be separate from the goals I set for Johto because I'm, I'm really thinking about those. So for our weekly goals, it's restocking for both of us. We gave our numbers. Cleaning up our, our Pokemon storage for that. Inventory management's kind of a given with the restocking of the balls and stuff like that. 20 eggs each. You want to get down to 2,000 Pokemon storage, and I want to get down to 4,500 in Pokemon storage. Yep. Okay. So let's prep. Turning the page. All right. Let's set our Johto goals. Uh, all right. I mean, I feel like I need to research these before I set them, but I have some vague ideas of what I'm going to do, and then I'll specify them as I get closer to the event and then report back. So I went back through my storage to my Kanto tour catches, specifically the shinies, to see how many I caught last year. I caught 16, if you count the shiny ditto as well. So 15 otherwise. That's not bad. All things considered, I did not play hard during that event. I just played the whole time. Most of the time. I didn't do the last like hour. So uh, assuming Chris and I are going to probably play harder than we played then, I'm going to say 20 shinies. We'll just see what happens. That's what I put down as well. All right. Um, Look at us. The the collection challenges are are a gimme. We're going to complete those no matter what happens. It's oh, not that's even, on my list. But yeah, I would oh, agree okay. with you. Yeah, that that's a gimme. I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to put that there. But what else to set? That's I'm not hatching experience any experience stardust eggs. You're not doing eggs. Zero, okay, I'm not doing any eggs. I will put whatever eggs I have in incubators, and I probably will hatch those and nothing else. I'll open up seven Ks because I don't want the two Ks. Honestly, 
uh, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna hit a best friend or two at that time. So let's go with two million experience. Oh my gosh, I literally just wrote that down for myself as well. Chris, I'm gonna. This is why you let me go first. Well, this when you're thinking, you I write down mine so that I'm not sitting here hemming and hawing, so I don't have to edit out two of us. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to just tell you what I have? I finished my list. No, I, I, I think I'm done. That's it for me. Okay. I'm just, just the just two, 20 sip. shinies and two million experience. Yeah. It's cause I'm wh- whatever. The stardust is going to come when the stardust comes. I'm, I demand you be more creative. No. All I'm right. Not, I'm not hatching any eggs. And that's All right, well, I can't really force you to do a damn thing. And also <laughs> I think the collection challenges should be a gimme. So it's not even a goal. Okay. So. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to be more thorough. Um, and pedantic than Kyle is. 20 shinies for me as well. All collection challenges. Two shiny Fampy in particular. I said that as a separate goal. So even if I don't hit the 20 shinies, if I get two shiny Fampy, it's still a success in my book. I'm going to need to catch more than that for the people that I need to catch them for. I can think of five people off the top of my head. Uh, number <laughs> one is is Kyle. Number two is my sister, unless she decides to go silver version as well. Uh, 30 eggs hatched during the event, 500,000 stardust, which is low, but that's okay. I'm not really focused on that for this event. And then 2 million experience as well. I should have about five besties going into that event. So I'm very excited. Five. Yeah. I did three this previous week. It was awesome. Wow. I should start opening gifts, huh? Yeah, you should. You really should. Okay. That's it for goals. I guess we'll see you guys next episode for 180. It's going to be a nice round number. Until then, good luck, shiny vibes. And if we don't talk to you before then, good luck on Johto Tour. You're going to do great. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.